Welcome to Navigating Change, the podcast from Teibel Education Consulting. I'm Pete Wright, and this week on the show, we bring you a part of Howard Teibel's conversation with University of Laverne President Devorah Lieberman. This week, President Lieberman introduces us to University of Laverne's pragmatic forecasting and planning effort, which helped to uncover creative solutions to meet future career need and real student demand today. First, head over to TybalInc.com to learn more about our work in education. Of course, you can subscribe to the show for free. Just click the blue button and we will let you know each time a new episode is released. And now, Howard Tybel with University of Laverne President Devorah Lieberman. Let's talk a little bit about something where we met each other, which is around this overarching question that every president and chancellor, public, private, big and small, are challenged with today is this question of financial sustainability mm-hmm. and the economics models. And that's where you and I met because you're on the you you've been very involved with Nakubo helping as a president thinking about how do we help schools navigate this question of an economic model that's right for them, you know, but is there some themes we can tease out of it? And I think they're making good progress with this. Mm-hmm. But you also have some things happening on your campus that I'd love you to share about that really speak to promoting financial sustainability. There's no silver bullet. That's the there first you go. thing. That's, that's answer yeah. number one. Good. <laughs> There's no silver bullet, but unless you begin to identify strategies for financial sustainability, you're going to go into 150 different directions and you're going to try so many different things that you'll never be focused on something to do together. Yeah, so how do you keep it focused? Because that's the challenge. There there are, in some sense, because there is no magic bullet, mm-hmm. we're forced to experiment. And we're, expor- and we're forced to experiment on things, and we don't know what really is going to be the right hook. You have a really interesting hook around philanthropy that showed up that, that yeah. I wanted to share with the, with the listeners around. So when we were in our meeting together, I drew a, a car, and the car that I drew was a, a basic vehicle that had a driver and four wheels. And I said, okay, if the driver is the board of trustees and the president driving that bus, and then the wheels are the chief academic officer, the chief financial officer, um, the chief um, philanthropy officer, and you had the different vice presidents who sit around the table every week and they are in common they are in they concur with each other with the conversation about how this bus is going to move forward then you're all agreeing on what are the strategies that you're going to use together to try to create this financial model that's sustainable so jokingly i'll say the wheels on the bus go round and round, round and round, because if those four or so wheels aren't going in the same pace together, and the driver being the board of trustees and the president, you're all going to be going in different directions, thinking your way's the right way. So you've got to move 
in accord with one another so that bus moves forward. So here's what we've done, a couple of things that have, I think, been very fruitful in keeping that bus moving forward. The first is that the all of the vice presidents with the board of trustees decided on uh, how to move forward with a, and this was in 2011, a 2020 vision. And the 2020 vision with focus groups from across campus, very strategic, very thoughtful, very uh, in concert with one another, created a 2020 strategic plan. And that, that 2020 strategic plan started with what careers are going to be the most needed in the next 10, 20, and 30 years. So this was designed back in 2011, nine years prior to the 2020. Uh, yes, right? 11, 12. It took us a year to design it. And then we yep. said, we need to support current majors. We have four colleges, law, arts and sciences, business and education, support the current majors that are uh, related to the fields that are going to be needed in the next 10, 20 and 30 years, and then create programs that currently don't exist at the university that will attract and retain students that will meet those needs. So we agreed as a whole campus where to invest strategically in recruiting and attracting students to meet those future careers. And that helps with your financial sustainability. Okay, so let's talk about this in more detail because what I'm struck by is if I think back to 2011 and what the world looks like today or what it looked like two, two years after 2011, one of the core challenges is there's a window that you have that you can see what's possible and what's out there in new careers. And obviously you can be creative in 2011 to anticipate 2020. But I would imagine by the time you got to 2015, other types of careers or disciplines started to emerge. So how do you, and I think this is important for every institution, continue to stay nimble, mm -hmm. recognizing that what we know today two years from now could be dramatically different in terms of the innovations, emerging technologies, external factors in the world that keeps what we're doing ahead of the curve. The first and most important answer is you cannot be so nimble that you're trying 15 new programs every single year. You have to say which are the programs that we're committed to that our data and our forecasting tell us will continue to be in demand. So for us, the two areas in 2012 that we said we have to invest in, one is healthcare. Mm -hmm. So in this region, uh, in inland Southern California, six million people, the number one profession that they said will be the most needed uh, in this region is physician assistant in the next 10, 20, 30 years because we've got urban, rural areas and the students who come to the University of Laverne 
would be attracted to that profession. Yeah, and we've got an aging population, and the need's only going to grow, right? So we very strategically invested dollars, year-end dollars, always being, thinking about year-end dollars, philanthropy, and your operational budget, setting aside money in the initiative, into the initiatives you think you are dedicated to as an entire campus. I love it. So what is it, what is in 2017, this healthcare focus or, or increasing focus, what does that look like today? It's more apparent than it was even in 2012. So we intend to start our first cohort of physician assistant students in uh, this June. We have 20 slots for that first cohort, and we had over 800 applications for those 20 slots. Fantastic. Yes. So a group of us, a few years ago, and now it's really has traction and legs, a group of higher education presidents and a group of hospital presidents and other healthcare providers, we got together and we said, because healthcare is going to be the most needed profession, and there are professions in healthcare that we don't even know exist yet that are right in front of us, uh, because there's going to be such a need in this region, let's form a group, and we called ourselves Convergence. And this group, Convergence, is about 50 healthcare provider institutions and institutions of higher education. And we started with the end game, the user, meaning what professions are going to be needed, and we're creating pathways from high school, crosswalking public and private institutions into clinical rotation, into the organizations that serve the patients and the citizens in the region. So Convergence is creating a model with that's touching thousands and thousands of people that doesn't exist anywhere else that I know. And the concept is break down those barriers, break down those walls, what do our regions need? And let's create where there was no pathway before. Let's create those pathways through education to meet the needs that the, that the whole region needs in healthcare. And that is taking on a huge, having a huge impact on the, the greater community. Will we be able to share um, a, a link where people could learn more about that? Yes. Okay, um, so we'll make that available. Get that to you. Great. Uh, one, a second one that I want to share with you. In private education today, the perception is it's not, private education is not accessible financially to so many of our students. How do we break down that wall here, or how do we break down that perception so people know that higher education is accessible? So what we've done is we've met with um, superintendents across Southern California, and we created a program called Partnership for Access to College Education. And recently we had a 
signing with 15, approximately 15 superintendents from 15 different school districts across Southern California. And that memorandum of understanding with each, it was a mega signing. So each one of those superintendents learned that if a student from your high schools in your region meets our minimum standards for entrance, they are automatically accepted. Their fee for application is waived and they get a $10,000 scholarship minimum to start at the university. And each of our counselors is going into the high schools to meet with these students to talk about Here's how you apply for financial aid. Here are pathways that are available to you. And here's an institution that's accessible where you can and will succeed in four years to graduate and go on to graduate school or into professions. That's truly uh, removing the stigma, the perception that higher education financially is not accessible, especially 40% of our students are first generation, over 40% are Latino. And for many of these students, they, are, they were not aware that private education is an option. This is a multi-pronged approach. It's got a vision, it's got education, which is educating the students about this is how you do it. And it has the kind of support that they need, both financial and non-financial. But the key thing here is you can't just have a vision. You have to be able to build it into your organization. And it sounds like this partnership uh, for access for college education is um, is an approach that more schools should be thinking about. And the thing that you're also doing, which I find so compelling, is you're not saying we have to figure it out alone. You're bringing other institutions together. And the signing is really about creating this shared commitment, this idea of bringing other leaders together and that there is this way of saying we're in this together and find a way, even though in some cases we're competing, that we really need to find a way to tell the story better. So this this is amazing. You are out there. <laughs> we are. Do you, do, you, do you ever get to sleep? Well— Four you know, hours. I, what's what's the standard sleep cycle for a president these days? Uh, I'd say between four and six a night, <laughs> if you're okay. lucky. If you're lucky. But I think the secret is to be successful is to wake up every morning and say, "What can I do today to help with the success of these students, our students?" And to go to bed at night saying, "What did I do, and what can I do tomorrow?" because we have to major in a mission and that will make this country successful.